I, uh, it's Zemo here again on my way to Wakanda. Uh, just thinking about cameo disappointments and the fact that Bucky is 100% guaranteed a scroll, And I'm doing it all while listening to the Infinity Watch podcast. Oh my goodness. So much to unwrap there. So much to unwrap there. Um, I can't wait to talk about it. Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy. I'm joined by my absolutely stunning co-host, Eric. Wow. And this week we are joined by one of our favorite guests, KB Zach. Welcome back. Oh, thanks. You flatter me. Always, always. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. We're here to talk about episode five of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, titled Truth. Uh, we'll get to whether it was the truth or not, or just a bunch of bullshit. Um, but before we do that, dude, let's jump over. You almost just news. made me spit on my drink. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't do that. All right. Jumping into the news. Let's go through it. Um, news broke out this week that Spider-Man No Way Home, we're going to talk about that a little bit here, um, is bringing back John Favreau as Iron Man's Happy Hogan. Um, and so that character oh. was played a pretty significant role, I feel like, in the last movie especially. Yeah. Um, so pretty happy to see him back. Some good kind of comedic moments with his character uh, and kind of, I don't know, heart-wrenching moments a little bit too uh, between him and Tom Holland. So looking forward to seeing his character back. Yeah, he is very, um, I think, you know, he deservedly gets his uh, respect and love as a director. I still, I feel like he's a little underrated as an actor. He's so fucking good. Um, yeah, I'm a huge John Favreau fan. I always forget that uh, he, in um, in Daredevil, he was in Daredevil with Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh, wow. And I always forget that because he played shit. What is the character's name? Foggy Nelson. Um, yeah, Foggy. Yeah, he <laughs> plays Foggy, like Daredevil's best friend, right? It's just so weird whenever I watch that movie. It's like, wow, there's John Favreau and Evanescence in this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Evanescence is in that as well? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. That's basically uh, the think, entire uh... soundtrack of that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant as actor. Ah, no, no, no. Oh my God, not. that would it be could... so good. Talk I was about like, wait a minute. Movie worse. Yeah. Uh, worse? You and I have very different definitions of the word. Oh my goodness. All right, well, following Spider-Man No Way Home, um, which this article I was reading is saying, uh, you know, this is the worst kept secret in Hollywood. Alfred Molina, who played Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2, has now confirmed that he is returning in the movie <laughs> and it will pick up where Dr. Octopus's story left us off at in that film. So this is totally a multiverse film. Tobey Maguire, all these people are showing up in it. And I don't know why anyone's even trying to deny it at this point. This is crazy. Do you have the cool, like, how did he confirm this? Um, <laughs> there were several long quotes 
uh, when they were, they were talking to him. I think it was uh, who was he talking to? Like, here? is there literally any room for doubts, or did he say, "I am in the upcoming Spider-Man"? I it was Alfred Molina. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> It was wonderful. It was very interesting going back after 17 years to play the same role, given that it isn't uh, that in intervening years, I now have two chins, a waddle, crow's feet and a slightly dodgy lower back. And so he said he was concerned that he's older now. Um, and when he was expressing concerns to the director of the film, um, he mentioned the fact how they, you know, de-age Robert Downey Jr., all this stuff. He is talking about this movie in detail um, and so unless he's wow. blatantly lying in this interview, it's a hundred percent happening. And this is to variety magazine. So, I mean, a very respectable news source for this type of information. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I just, yeah, I just don't, for some reason, it's just so hard for me to believe, but like all the evidence sure seems to point towards the fact that it is happening. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember, didn't, Dr. Octopus like sacrifice himself in Spider-Man two to save Spider-Man. I can't, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, but somehow it's going to pick up from there and this is a hundred percent happening. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about this movie. I have no idea how they're going to really tell this story or what the story is going to be, but it seems pretty ambitious. So I'm excited about that. My question is like, um, when we saw in WandaVision, when Pietro came back and he was recast, you know, as uh, who's it, Evan Peters, here I'm thinking, oh, all right, this is going to be a lead into a multiverse. I mean, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. And it was just like a little teaser to get all the fans going crazy. So I wonder how big of a part all these other Spider-Mans and previous characters are really going to play into um, the new movie coming up. Oh, if it's going to be a big plot point or more of just a, a side thing. I don't know. Yeah I, yeah, I will be ex extremely upset if it's like all these characters are back and then it's all like, I guess I won't be upset if it's good, but like, d I can't imagine they'd bring all these characters back and make all of them absolutely inconsequential. Like some, I feel like, I feel like a few have to stay in some way. I mean, I think we got Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness coming up. You know, there's the, the title of the film, No Way Home, kind of leads us to the multiverse kind of thing. You know, that the, what they've shown us from the film and kind of the promos for it. I don't see this being similar to WandaVision, where there is like an in-universe explanation for it, kind of. I don't see this as like little happy cameos in the same sense. I, this feels like it has to be multiverse. You know, we have Spider-Man into the multiverse, which is was extremely popular with the audience. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I just that's can't so see true. them not yeah. going in that direction after everything we've learned. That's so true. If we, yeah, if it really does just go absolute bananas into multiverse shit. I mean, that is that's for sure owed to uh, into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Which was such a if you think about it, I mean, that's a relatively big risk. Like people know Spider-Man, but. Your average person doesn't know how multidimensional the Spider-Man comics have been throughout the years. But uh but yeah, that movie did not care and it was uh, really successful because it was really good. So I hope uh and I'm sure that Marvel will be able to continue that with their own movies. Hope so. And I mean that movie's coming out in like what? Uh 7 months, 6 months, 7 months. So I mean yeah. We won't have to wait too long as long as it doesn't get delayed, but we'll see.
Sony's kind of running that show. So I have a feeling that uh, that it'll stay on on schedule. And that's maybe that's hopeful, but we'll see. All right. Next up, I know Kate's a fan of this. The Lord of the Rings. There is an Amazon Lord of the Rings series that is being created, and it is now the most expensive TV show ever made for just one season. So Amazon is going to spend $650 million in season one <laughs> alone. So my fear is that this is totally going to flop. Yeah. Because they're spending so much money on it. And I just, I love Lord of the Rings. I don't want it to flop. Let me say that. But I just. Is this like the story of either one of the Bagginses? Or is it like completely unconnected to. Or is it like. This is all way before that. I believe it takes place in a different era of Middle Earth. Okay, okay, okay. So this is like Silmarillion kind of shit. It's not quite clear exactly what story they're telling. I know the rights to a lot of the Lord of the Rings stuff is really complex. Uh, you got stuff from the Silmarillion, which, you know, is super complex stuff, but I'm not sure if they even have rights to a lot of it. From what I understand is that this is all taking place long before the characters from Lord of the Rings are around. Oof. So we'll see. We'll see. For sure. I mean, just because. Oh, God. No, go ahead. I was going to say, just because, uh, you know, they spend a lot of money, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a flop or, you know, because if you look at other shows that have spent a ton of money, I mean, what do we have? The Mandalorian, Game of Thrones, and they've proven themselves pretty worthy of the money spent, with the exception of season seven of Game of Thrones. Suck it. Yeah, season Uh, seven and eight. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, it was split into two. Sorry, I was thinking Terrible. seven was the, the last season. But, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm not I'm not worried about it yet. I think I'm a little bit jaded from the Hobbit movies. Um, and just <laughs> Lord of the Rings to me is like just 10 out of 10 trilogy. Like, I love it. It's aged really well. And the Hobbit was like, you know, I, I enjoy some parts of it, but, like, they totally milked the third film and just, like, was not as good overall. And so I just, I want it to be good. I'm just worried. You know, I just feel like the universe, when you try super hard, I feel like sometimes it doesn't always work out. So (laughs) I hope it's good. We'll see. Yeah, they, I mean, this is the world's biggest swing to try to capitalize on the fact that people uh, had some blue balls from Game of Thrones and, I think they're trying to just like continue on. Like there's a big void right now in like epic fantasy storytelling. And uh, I see the bet they're trying to make, but yeah, I think I'm a little more skeptical than you, Kate. I, I think I, I hope it's good. If it's good, I'll watch it. I'm not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan, but like, I like it enough. Like I'd, I'd watch a show if it was good. So I hope it is, but like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm I think I'm more uh, towards your side of things, Tom, where it's like it seems like they're trying too hard. Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos is a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. So he's just like, listen, just spend what oh, you need okay. to spend. If that's the um, case, then may, then that actually that fact gives me way more hope if that's true. <laughs> well, yeah. And uh, you also don't want, you know. If if you fuck up Jeff Bezos's Lord of the Rings show, then I'm sure you get like 
you know, eaten by dogs or something. I don't know. <laughs> For sure. Um, but moving on, let's move on. There's there's a bunch of concept art that got leaked for the upcoming Marvel What If show. And so for those that don't know, in, in the summer this year, uh, Marvel Studios is releasing a Disney Plus series called What If? Question mark, uh, which kind of follows a similar concept to the comics where each episode will feature a story within the MCU, but they change some portion of it and go, well, what if this happened differently? And so it's an animated show, but it has the voice cast uh, from all the characters and actors that played, you know, their, their characters within the MCU. So, um, you know, like Tom Hiddleston is Loki for existence, uh, for instance. And so some interesting concept art leaked. The most interesting one to me was, there's a picture of Gamora and she's wearing the armor and holding kind of the sword thing that Thanos had in Avengers Endgame. Um, so maybe Gamora kind of is in Thanos's place in this instance, who knows? Um, a few of the other ones was a kind of more buffed up looking Ultron with a huge cape. Um, we see a really interesting take on the collector where he has these crazy jacket on. I don't know. It kind of looks like the pimp version of the collector from guardians of the galaxy. Um, and then the last one was another version of the Hulk buster, but it doesn't look like Tony Stark is inside of it. It looks like someone else is. Um, it's not quite clear who it is, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like this should be a fun show, you know, that's, it's quick and, you know, you kind of just get a little taste of, if something different happened in the MCU. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. So we'll see how that turns out this summer. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked for this show. All righty. Last up for me, I got uh, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. So Kevin Feige was in an interview and as we all know, our Lord and savior, Kevin Feige loves a baseball cap. Um, <laughs> he always has a new baseball cap on for each each movie logo, whatever is happening at the time, he has a new cap on. So there was an interview where he was saying he was in London on the set of Doctor Strange 2. They were wrapping that up. And he's wearing a hat that has what appears to be the logo for Doctor Strange 2. And so it kind of looks like the window in the uh, Sanctum Santorum uh, in New York. And it is like kind of fading into different colors as if maybe it's different versions of the multiverse kind of together. It's hard to describe. I would just look it up. It looks pretty cool. I don't know if you guys saw it, um, but it's just kind of that like Dr. Strange logo kind of phasing to either side in different colors. And I don't know, a bunch of people are mocking it up online. looks fun. Nice. I, I did not see it. I'm going to, how can you say again, how can one see this? Um, just, just search uh, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness logo should pop up let's see doctor strange multiverse madness logo hat maybe yeah yeah if you just search that there's like a screen rant article that kind of shows a, a picture of it and some some uh renderings that some you know artists created online it, it looks kind of cool wow nice it looks like uh if you're wearing those 3d glasses and you get the yeah. like, triple vision yeah exactly sure. that's a good example so yeah, I'm, I'm into it. That looks cool. Well, uh, we should tweet that out. I will. Uh, I will remember to tweet that out after this episode. Sweet. At Infinity Rewatch. If you want to see Infinity Rewatch, Eric, you got anything else for us to talk about for news today? No, it's uh, fucking Star Wars news right now. It's just all bad batch bullshit, and I just do not care. 
So, I mean, if you're super interested in the in Star Wars The Bad Batch, it's coming out. It's probably going to be good. I'm happy for you, man. But uh it's I don't know. I don't know wh- I don't know why I'm so anti The Bad Batch. I'm sure it's going to be really good. But I just do that is like one Star Wars story that I'm so fucking sick of and I never want to see another clone story ever again. And I don't know why they insist. But uh, but whatever. I'm sure it'll be good. But yeah, that's yeah. That's Star I, I've Wars never been news. like super interested in that either. I don't know why they they've made a lot of shows about that that time period in Star Wars, and I never quite understood it. I guess. Yeah, like I I like the Clone Wars, but it's just I, out of all the things you could have made a show about. These five characters that weren't even a big part of the Clone Wars, nobody's connected to them anyways. I just don't get it. There is so much better things in Star Wars to make shows about at this point. But but whatever. Like I said, I am so sure that it will be a quality show. But I'm just a little disappointed by the subject matter. Absolutely. All right, well, let's jump into it. We are here this week to talk about episode five of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're almost done. We're almost there. Um, We have one more episode after this, but uh, this is episode five titled Truth. So let's jump into it. We're going to go through it in chronological order and talk about each piece. So my assumption when this show is on is if they don't tell me where they're at, they're in Latvia. That's just everything's Latvia. So I'm pretty sure we're in Latvia. And we totally are. I'm just joking. Um, in the last oh episode, John Sorry, Walker savagely uh, decapitated one of the dog. flag smashers uh, after his partner Lamar was killed. And so we see John running away from the scene and he's basically like having like a PTSD kind of breakdown moment from everything that just happened. Um, and he's totally like tweaking out. He's going crazy and he runs into an abandoned factory kind of building, which apparently in every MCU movie, these are just they're giving them out for free on the streets because <laughs> they're always in abandoned factories. If police are looking for someone, they're in an abandoned factory, it seems like. Um, and so John is there. He's kind of getting his composure after killing this guy with the shield and, and Sam and Bucky approach him. And Sam and Sam tries talking him down kind of. And he's like, John, you got to give me the shield, man. And then he gets that psycho look in his eyes. He's like, oh, so that's what this is. You almost got me. And then we see this crazy fight sequence between Sam, Bucky, and John in this factory. Um, and I'll, I'll stop right there and let you guys comment on it. But yeah, it's a crazy fight scene ensues. Kate, how are you feeling about the episode at this point in the episode? I was um, a little underwhelmed with this opening fight scene. I just didn't think the choreography, I wasn't impressed by it. And um, I had a real hang up with when Bucky got like thrown backwards and kind of hits his, you know, vibranium arm. And it like, you see it kind of uh, the electricity sizzles like it's broken or something. And I'm thinking, really, this is a vibranium arm. And it just felt a little underwhelming. And I feel like they really... Um, Bucky's power and his strength and all his skill, it's just like, wah, wah. I don't know. So I was it a little is, disappointed by it. 
it seems like every time Bucky's in a fight, I'm always like, he should totally be stronger here. Yes. And they're totally giving everyone else in the fight the benefit of the doubt. And the power, the power levels in this in this show pissed me off so much because they're, they're so, so much worse and than Wanda. This was a prime example. They're so much worse than Wandavision. They're worse than Wandavision or in Wandavision. Than Wandavision, they're way worse than Wandavision in uh, in in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It makes no sense. That is why Bucky is one hundred percent a scroll. He's not Bucky. It doesn't make any fucking sense. He's a scroll. It's gonna really, it's gonna really suck when he's totally not a scroll. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> but no, I. Like, uh, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I follow your logic all the way and, and pretty much agree with you, but the reasoning behind it all, I really just think is that it's just not yeah. as well written. No, I know. <laughs> I know you're right. I know you're right. And it hurts my soul. Um, but yeah, I, I felt pretty much the same way about the first uh, scene and, and, and the fight scene is like, it was fine, uh, but nothing really blew me away. Also, I didn't count them, but there must have been upwards of like 84 close-up shots of the bloody captain america shield we fucking get it we didn't need that many shots it was so egregious it like took me out of the show i could not believe it but uh yeah they really wanted to uh show that a whole bunch it's kind of crazy it's like we got the point in the last episode like how hard do you want to milk this but we even see I'm pretty sure I said, you know, obviously I was watching this with my partner. I was like, uh, Sam starts wiping the shield at the end. So I guess let me just say John at one point says, I am Captain America and then rips Sam's wings right off, which was fucking <laughs> yeah. wild. Um, but eventually Bucky and Sam kick his ass. Bucky grabs the shield and there's this lovely shot because there's like sun cascading. Yeah, I wrote Bucky. that in my notes. Yeah, it just looks it looks like a fucking painting. He's just standing there holding the shield and then he just throws it down on the ground to give it to Sam. Um, but what I was getting at, like Sam starts wiping the blood off the shield. And I'm like, dude, get some like uh, wipes or something. You're just smearing it all around. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to clean the blood off by just pushing it off with your hand. Come on. <laughs> get this man some 409, some shout or some shit. Come on. Yes. Sheesh. It was not very hygienic. Not at all. Um, the one other interesting bit is after this fight, you know, Sam is talking to Joaquin Torres and uh, he's like, he ends up walking away. The conversation I don't think was really consequential, but he's like, you left, you left your wings, which are broken ass wings. And he's like, keep them. So I think that's kind of maybe, maybe this guy might become Falcon, you know? Yeah. I got that sense too, uh, which I think would be great. I don't know. This actor has not had a lot of screen time, but he's like, he's very endearing. Like every time he's on screen, I like him. So yeah, I think that would be sick. And in the comics, that guy does become Falcon. No so. shit. Okay. Oh, okay. So there is that. Um, and that's a, a newer thing. So, Hey, another uh, little sidekick for uh, uh, the new camps in America, whoever that may be. We'll find out, but let's move on. Next scene, we are in Washington, D.C., um, and we basically see John Walker brought in front of a council of, like, senators and people, and they basically strip him of the title of Captain America. They give him a discharge that is not honorable from the military, and they tell him to return the shield. Um, 
you know, he basically like tries to fight back. At one point, he says, Senator, I am Captain America uh, before he walks out of the um, of the hearing itself, you know, and that's when they're like, return the shield as quickly as possible. And <laughs> that seemed a little weird to me. But didn't he also um, say something like you built me? Yeah, he actually kind of does like have like a very kind of legitimate argument. He's like, all I've done is ever follow your mandates and lived and died by your mandates. And I did the job you told me to do. And I did it well, which I think is kind of a snub at kind of the military industrial complex and politics. You know, um, there, there's all these mandates and people are told to do all these things and get this job done. And then when they get the job done, they usually get in trouble for doing it a certain way, I think. Um and so I kind of saw it as like sometimes the military is given like these really grotesque orders of things to do that are not really super ethical. And then people do them and then they're like, well, you didn't do this ethically. And then now you're in trouble. And so I kind of read it like that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that, Tom. I think that's really insightful because um, when I was first watching this scene, I was annoyed at the you know, the Senate panel or whoever it is, the politicians. I was like, oh, this is so stupid. They're overreacting in a way. And then it was like, you know, but uh, they're they're kind of, they're hypocritical. You know, it's the hypocrisy of politics and, and the military, I think. It was an interesting uh, scene, I thought. Yeah, like regardless of your views, like I'm, I'm assuming like the whole thing with Captain America, John Walker, it's like go destroy the Flag Smashers. And so he killed one of them. And so now he's like not you know part of the military anymore and so i'm not that i agree with john walker but it's like how does how does one destroy the flag smashers without probably killing at least a few of them you know um and so it's kind of that double standard which i actually thought was interesting as much as i hate that character yeah totally i don't i i agree with both of you guys i don't really have anything <laughs> more to add well I have a feeling you might have something to say to this next <laughs> yeah. bit because we get a surprise cameo. <laughs> Disappointments entered the episode because um, <laughs> following, following the little Senate hearing, um, John Walker sitting there with his girlfriend who's like, shit, he doesn't even have benefits anymore. I'm totally going to have to find someone else to be with. Um, they're approached by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which I was like, what? What the fuck is happening? Um <laughs> It turns out she's playing Contessa Valentina de Fontaine, uh, which I'm sure nobody in the world knows who she right. is besides super mega nerds. Right. So in the comics, she's kind of a, a lady or part Madame of Hydra. She was Madame Hydra yeah. um, at one point, but she's basically just kind of a bad bitch. Yeah, and she's pretty cool, but uh, seems like. John Walker might be working for Hydra or someone similar in the future. Yeah. I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about this, Eric. I'm dying to know. <laughs> I, so I think that, uh, no one, I think that it should be the first thing in contracts for anyone who works on any nerd property that if you allude to any kind of cameo or anything like that, you instantly get fired. Because this shit I agree, needs dude. to stop. The, 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 the claim made was this was a, a big, well, a cameo with a big time actor, I guess. And, um, uh, and it was going to make you, and you were going to cry. 
which obviously led people to go a little crazy but like i don't blame people for that just shut the fuck up don't say that in interviews it ruins it how would you cry why why would you cry from this i I don't understand that i have no idea like i like i what's julia louis dreyfus i don't i don't know how to pronounce it but like she's fine i have no problem with her i have no problem with that character being introduced but that was not that will i wouldn't even call that a cameo that's just a new character being introduced like that's not anything special or exciting at all and like you said tom nobody has ever heard of this character ever before like this is not like anything to get excited up i mean i guess like i guess if anything this probably confirms john walker's not gonna die but like i don't know man they just can't they absolutely cannot keep i mean maybe it's like a net this is mephisto 2.0 100% for sure it just for sure but and like i wonder if like they see it as like a positive because it gets people like talking but it's like just don't say just don't hype people up to that level to that level hype them up but that's it's clickbait that's what it is it's fucking it's literally clickbait it's stupid well i will say this the hot tip and what's going around is apparently this was intended to be her second cameo uh, appearance or appearance at all and word is that she is in the black widow movie and shows up at some point um and so maybe that explains why it's like none of us are really supposed to know who she is but they kind of it's the way she's there it's like her name sh- should have some significance right um and that would make more sense in hindsight if she does show up in black widow where it's like oh it's that lady from black widow whereas what we got here Everyone's like, wait, Contessa Valentine's Day. What? What? What is? What is her name? Who is? Why is this lady here? Because it just doesn't make sense in the context. And I think if she shows up in Black Widow, like it seems like everyone is saying she will, it'll make a little more sense why this felt a little stilted. Yeah, it's interesting. I had not heard that. Regardless, it's stupid. <laughs> well, Kate, what did you as? Yeah, what did you think about this? Um, as soon as she introduced herself, I hopped on my phone and I had to Google the Contessa's name. Cause I was like, okay, I know she's somewhat important. She's got to be a character from the comics that I'm just not aware of. And, um, I quickly read, you know, I think she was, uh, at one point, a shield agent and read something about Leviathan, but, and then I stopped from there. I didn't want to know more. Um, it was just, yeah, this cameo hype you know, and it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It was just like, oh, okay, well, let me Google her and see what's going on here because I don't really get the significance. <laughs> yeah, right. same here. Now, I guess at least Marvel kind of does have the audience's trust at this point where it's like instead of like just being like, oh, okay, whatever this person, like like Kate actually looked it up, right, which is probably a good thing. I mean, at least people are interested enough to know like, well, what's going on here? Um, but the hype around it just completely out of line. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on from the disappointing uh, moment there. Oh, wait, wait, Next question, up, we are... question, question. Do you think she uh, creates the Thunderbolts? Hmm. It's interesting. Well, weren't the Thunderbolts all created by Thunderbolt Ross? That's the weird thing. 
Yeah, Is that why they're but called the Thunderbolts? Yeah. It, but has it gotten away from that in uh, recent times, or am I just insane? I feel like the Thunderbolts it, now are just kind of like anti-Avengers. <laughs> but maybe they well, always think include Thunderbolt Ross. It's definitely possible, right? I mean, now that, uh, well, this next scene will kind of reveal that, but I think a lot of the villains are going to be in a similar place. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. You know, setting it up, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so getting to that, I suppose, let's let's jump over to Sokovia. Um, so we're in Sokovia, and Zemo is at the memorial that's supposed to, you know, commemorate everything that happened in Sokovia in Avengers 2 Age of Ultron. And Bucky approaches him, and Zemo says, don't worry, I've decided I'm not going to kill you. To which Bucky just says, imagine my relief. <laughs> uh, you know, clearly not really concerned at all. Um, and then, you know, af- after some talk, Bucky points a gun at Zemo's head and pulls the trigger but the gun is empty and you know he drops all the bullets that were in it and he ends up turning them over to the dora milaje um who then says that they're taking him to the raft which is what i was talking about earlier so the raft prison is the raft that we saw kind of underwater that the avengers were in after disobeying the sokovia accord so i don't know if there's a bunch of villains there it seems like uh zemo knows how to get out of prison or might have the resources to get out of prison so um, very possible that that's setting up the Thunderbolts. I, I really hope we see more of Zemo. Um, you know, the actor is just, he makes the character so damn likable. Uh, you know, he's so charismatic and, uh, I hope we see more of him. Same. I will say, um, and I, I'm interested to see if you guys felt the same way. So like the marketing materials for this, we saw Zemo with like his mask on really seemed like he was going to be the antagonist of this show for the most part. And that really has not been the case. Um, he wore his little mask thing once while we were in Madripoor, I believe, was the only time we saw him wear that. It was very brief. Um, and, yeah, he's basically – he did what he said he was going to do. He never really became a bad guy in this show, and he was extremely likable. Um, and so I want to see more of Zemo, but also, like – I guess if I was watching this based off of all the marketing stuff, I'd be pretty pissed that he isn't really a bad guy and we didn't get to see him kind of wearing his comic accurate little mask more. That's true. I never, uh, I didn't really think about it, but yeah, he's never, uh, he never went full villain, but I think, I mean, I'm sure people, I'm sure there are people out there who are mad about it because they're obviously, but, uh, but I feel like he did a good enough job with the character that like, how can you, uh, how can you fucking hate Zemo at this point? He's great. He's the best character of the show. He redeemed it for sure. Yeah, he's great. Um, so the last little bit from this part too, as well. (laughs) <laughs> the Dora Milaje, they're like, White Wolf, it'd be better if you don't come to Wakanda anytime soon. Like, you know, give it some time because you piss some people off. Um, and so <laughs> she says that to him and then he waits for a second and then he's like, I might need to ask you for another favor. Uh, and then we'll find out what that favor is at some point, but uh, worth noting that little last bit. Um, from Sokovia, we bounce back over to Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and we have a scene here where Sam visits Isaiah. Um, 
there's probably a lot to be said here. We definitely go through the history of what happened to Isaiah Bradley uh, by the hands of the U.S. government. Him and his troops uh, were experimented on. They told him it was a tetanus shot, but it was really super soldier serum. Um, there was a bunch of prisoners. He he went out of his way to rescue them, but they ended up all dying from the serum anyways. Um, he's the only one that survived, and because he kind of broke the rules and tried to break his troops out of the uh the enemy prison, you know, he basically was thrown into jail for 30 years and experimented on. They never gave him letters. His wife wrote him in, in basically she died. And then a nurse that was working at the facility he was kept in faked his death. And so to the world, they think he's dead, but he's actually alive. Um, but there's a long conversation here about kind of race relations in the United States that is really pertinent. And you can tell that this is obviously something that Sam is struggling with. There was one moment that I thought was really good um, that I, I literally said, damn, like that was like some heavy shit. And Isaiah says to, t says to Sam, they will never let a black man be Captain America. And even if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. Um, and that was uh, that was a pretty tough line. I thought it was it was a it was a hard scene to watch for me personally. It's just like super fucked up for the most part. Yeah, I mean it it uh it was extremely powerful, extremely well done, I thought. Um I probably worth noting that it's like that you know, the it was the government's excuse it sounded like that that he they started experimenting on him because he like broke out um his crew, but it's like I mean, the implication and the obvious, you know, if you've lived in this country for more than five fucking minutes, you know that uh, the the government would have done that shit either way. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like they just use that as a scapegoat. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, it's it, it's so fucked up because it, it's. It's like, this is obviously something that didn't happen, like the super soldier serum, that's not real. But it's like, it hits so hard because, again, any American knows just how true that story rings. And it's so, and it's so fucked. But yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it was well, well delivered, um, yeah, a really, really good, really powerful scene, I, th I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tom, I love that you um, included that quote. Um, because, uh, and I'm going to preface this by saying I am white. I have had, um, a, I grew up in a white community. Um, and so for me, from this perspective and dealing um, with the racial relations um, in America in this scene, for me, when I was viewing it, it was just... I liked seeing how they're setting up that there's more than one black experience. You know, you have um, these two men with, you know, kind of opposing viewpoints of um, being black in America and having a black Captain America. And I think it was just showing really well that there isn't just one black experience from, I mean, this scene is, that's what I'm, I'm getting from it. So um, I thought that was really important and it was nice. It was refreshing to see to black men talking about that instead of a, it, it being told from a white man's perspective. Cause I think often a lot you have, you know, a white man's perspective of 
race relations, um, what the black man is going through. So I just thought that was really a powerful scene. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And, and and kind of tying maybe to back what Eric Eric said, you know, like this this never happened because obviously the super soldier serum never happened, but obviously like there's been multiple documented instances of like, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen um, where, you know, like they were part of like an, a, a study where they were giving, given syphilis and not given the treatment for it. And obviously like weren't informed by the government that this happened. And so like, there's been terrible, and that's just one example, right. Of, of African American people in the United States, like being tested on and treated poorly and not given, uh, you know, the right information for stuff, not given treatment for things just, you know, in the United States past. So it's just, it's very heavy. Um, and although it's, it's a little bit different and obviously this is fitting within the MCU's like story structure, um, it's just a really compelling story. And, and Kate, I think you nailed it too. You know, you can see Sam's kind of making this journey. He's trying to understand what his role is as, as someone who's given the title of Captain America, or at least the shield of Captain America in, in like the United States and, and how that, you know, translates to his experience, um, as a black man living in the United States. And obviously, um, you know, Isaiah's is completely different. And so, you know, he's, he didn't want him to take the shield out. He's like, those stars and stripes don't mean anything to me. Uh, obviously it's a very negative connotation. So I'm glad that they included this character in the show. It's, it's one of those things that makes it a lot more grounded. And I think it makes the conversation around race in America feel more real and less action movie, cartoony, superhero-y, which I think is important. Yeah. Agreed. All right, so after kind of this, it goes from very um, kind of serious to a little more lighthearted. We go back to New Orleans. Um, Sam goes back to his sister's house, his family home, right, and calls on a bunch of friends from the, the surrounding area to help fix their family ship. Um, and guess what? <laughs> that sounds Bucky so joins. funny. What's that? I don't, that's just such a funny phrase. We got to fix the family ship. Well, I'm using family ship because Bucky joins in to help repair their friendship as well. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I actually really enjoyed this. Um, it did feel kind of weird because, like, we're like, this entire show, we're like the Flag Smashers are this terrorist group and we got to stop them. But we have time for this really long montage sequence in New Orleans <laughs> to fix the family ship. Um, and so... Um, you know, they start working on the ship. Bucky's like lifting all this heavy shit up, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, there's a scene though, where Sam is trying to wrench like this, like pipe shut and he can't get it. And Bucky just walks up and does it, you know, uh, because he's a super soldier, which I'm like, this is Sam's totally becoming a super soldier. I just, they're pointing at it left and right. Do you guys agree? Ah, man. I think I thought it, it might've happened this episode. I don't know. I think I, I thought a lot of things would happen this episode, but mm. yeah, yeah, I, 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 I hope he does. I hope he does. I, uh, yeah, I, I hope he does. At the same time, it'd be kind of refreshing to have um, Captain America not be a super soldier and just yeah. be like a normal be a human guy. being who's just like crazy, uh, you know, just crazy good at what he does. I don't know. But the realistic, is that realistic or not? I don't know. It kind of would bother me, I feel like. I don't know. For yeah. some reason, I'm just like, you're just a dude. Okay, there's plenty of just dudes <laughs> around. But, like, I get it. I just, I really want him to be a little bit stronger. 
Um, I did like there was like a little line that Sam's like, why didn't you use the metal arm? And Paquitas goes, very matter of fact, he says, I don't always think of it immediately. I'm right handed, <laughs> which is like a very <laughs> valid comment, right? He has this left left handed uh, metal arm, but, you know, it's not his dominant hand. So um, maybe not as useful. Um, but basically, we just have this long montage. And throughout the entire thing, I'm just thinking, aren't the Flag Smashers like planning another attack or something right now? Like, why are we all here? Um, and then at the very end, didn't, Bucky... they, didn't he say something like they got benched? Maybe that's why, like, just the government's like, hey, fuck Laying off. low, like, maybe, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I'm not sure, but uh, basically at the end, of it's only one day. So I guess I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. It's only one day that they're doing this. Um, and at the very end, Bucky gives Sam a box, and he says it's a gift from Wakanda. And we just we just see it. It just looks like a fancy suitcase. That's all we see. Um, but what did you guys think of this whole little sequence fixing the boat? It was really focused on the boat, you know, and just some funny little quips in between. Uh, I, I liked it. I thought it was probably maybe a little too long, but, um, I liked it. I, there was a line said just before this scene, I think, I don't, I don't know why, but it like really, it really hit me hard where his sister, Sarah, um, Sam's sister, Sarah said something along the lines of like, aren't you supposed to be off saving the world? And then Sam said, my family's well-being is a part of the world. And mm. I was like, oh, that's some that's some Captain America shit to say. <laughs> like, yes. for that's sure. a good point. That's a good line, too. I it forgot is. about that one. Yeah, I I, I yeah, uh, that one. Uh, that one was was one of the one of the handful of this episode, actually, that uh, that really hit me hard. So. I liked that. I liked that a lot. I like that uh, addition to Sam's character for sure. And yeah, I like the scene. I like to see Sam and Bucky getting along again. It makes absolutely no fucking sense uh, from what we've seen of Bucky the entire rest of the show, but it won't matter because he is a scroll. Um, <laughs> oh my God. But, uh, uh, but yeah, besides that, I mean, I've just, you have to dispend uh, suspend disbelief for any characterization of Bucky, I feel, because none of it makes sense. But other than that, but I did that, and I yeah, I liked it. I liked the scene. It was a good scene. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get to another part later on in New Orleans. Um, so I actually yeah, I'll just skip that. Let's go next. Um, there's a brief scene where John Walker visits Lamar's parents, um, and he basically tells him that. You know, he's sorry for their loss, but that he killed the man that killed Lamar, which once again, this is like like the third time he said this. It's not true. Yeah. It was Carly that killed Lamar. Um, and he, the dad's like, so this is the man that killed my son. He's like, yeah, I killed him. I thought it was the least he could do. Um, and while he's telling his parents this, who seem like they're kind of accepting what he's saying, Lamar's sister is totally not buying it. She's giving him like the crazy eye the entire time. Um, but it's just kind of a brief scene, but it, to me, it felt like a scene to show that like, he's really doubling down on everything that's happened and he doesn't see that he did anything wrong. Um, and that's really what I took away from this scene. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kate. It sounded like you were going to, Oh, um, I was just going to say, um, well, I'm, you know, go ahead. I'm still formulating a thought. What you said, okay. Tom, it, uh, I hadn't thought of that before cause I had a different view of this scene. So I'm just processing what you said. And I, I really, uh, I appreciate it. I like it. 
Yeah, I I also had a different view of this scene. I I, I saw this as like um like he almost seemed guilty or like he seemed like he felt guilty or something to to me. Um I think he knows what he did was fucked. Like do you don't think do you think that he doesn't do you think that he thinks he was 100% justified. Yes, 100%. Wow. Oh, yeah, I, I I would probably disagree with that. I don't think, at least at this point, I feel like he's still struggling. But I, what did you think, Kate? Um, you know, when uh, they were saying that multiple times, oh, I'm so glad you got the guy that did this, and or I got the guy who did it, it just felt so heavy-handed to me in that scene. Um like, you know, it's like, okay, you can hit the audience over the head with it, you know, that Walker is going to pretty much not stop until he just eradicates, he gets the guy who was really fully responsible. Um, but now that you say that, Tom, I think you're you're right that he doesn't see what he did as wrong in any way. Um, that's really interesting, I think. And it's showing his kind of the development of his character, um, that internal struggle that he was dealing with. And now I feel like now that he has the serum, um, he's really changing. Yeah. I mean, like when he was in the, the hearing with the senators, I thought he was going to like literally break this, like the podium in half by like smacking it a couple times. He, I think he's struggling because he was told to take down the flag smashers. He has his partner, Lamar, who's been his partner through like four tours in the military and they killed him. And, so he, you know, an eye for an eye, killed one of the flag smashers who, even though he's wrong, seems to believe is responsible for Lamar's death. And so in his view, he's on the side of the good. He was just fulfilling his duty. Um, and he keeps saying, I killed the man that killed Lamar, even though that's not true. Um, at this point, I think he's buying into the delusion and and refuses to accept that his worldview is wrong. Um, and I think... In the previous scene, it shows that. And in this scene, you know, he's he wants to be seen as good. You know, he's he is Captain America in his mind. Yeah, that that I 100 percent agree with. Which reminds me, we mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. It's kind of along the same lines of, I think, uh, what was it uh, Tywin Lannister or whatever? He's like, no man that has to say that he is king is king. You know, all he does is say he's Captain America. He never is Captain America. He just wants to say it and believe it because he's saying it. Um, and I, I think that kind of follows the same lines. You can't just say you're Captain America. That doesn't make you Captain America. Um, and that's clearly shown in this show. Oh, show. All right. We have another brief scene that I think is extremely important. Uh, one that is, I think, will be pivotal for this next episode. We are back in Madripoor. For maybe like 30 seconds, and it is yet another reason why us on the Infinity Watch podcast believe that Sharon Carter is totally the power broker. Because she is talking on the phone to Betroke the Leaper and is telling him that she has another job for him and that he's the she is the only reason he's not rotting away in an Algerian prison. And so at this point, Kate, Eric, is there any doubt in our mind that she's the power broker? None in mine. Yeah, she has to be. 
I still think it's funny, the whole, like, poor me, I couldn't go back to America because what you guys did. Meanwhile, she's just, like, giving out powers and setting hitman on people. She's doing perfectly fine. So it'll be really... all these master pieces of art. Yeah, she's just surrounded by stolen art all over the place. I'm really interested to see how they kind of uh, maybe hopefully not wrap that story up, but at least tell some more of that story in the next episode. We got a lot to got a lot to go through in one more episode. That's at least from my point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So we have our last scene here in new Orleans. Uh, and this is really, I, I wanted to talk about this a little bit in the last scene, but I think this is where we kind of finally see the development between Bucky and Sam. I know some of it might've happened off camera, but they have a really good conversation while they're both training with the shield in New Orleans at Bucky's or at Sam's family home. Um, and Bucky has a line. I wrote it down. He said, when Steve told me what he was planning, I don't think either of us really understood what it felt like for a black man to be handed the shield. How could we, I owe you an apology. I'm sorry. And he apologized. And he said that everything that happened with John Walker is not your fault. And, and they just had this really, really good conversation, which then followed with, you know, uh, Sam giving Bucky some tough love of, you know, like how, you know, you weren't making amends with people in your past as the winter soldier, you were avenging them and how you have to like make yourself be of service to people. And I just thought the conversation between the two of them was really good. You know, in in the past episodes when Bucky was in therapy in the very first episode, she's like, are you still having the nightmares? And he said, no. And he was obviously lying. Right. Uh, whereas when Sam asks Bucky in this episode, are you still having the mi- the nightmares? He oh, says yeah. all the time, you know, and, and so it just you can see that these characters are coming closer together um, and they make a bunch of jokes. He's like, yeah, we used to be like uh, two guys with like a mutual friend, you know, and now that mutual friend's dead. So we're just two guys and they're like joking about whether they're partners or not. And it, it just it felt really good to me. I felt like the dialogue was great. It was it was one of my favorite parts of this episode. Um just seeing these two actors actually just talk and kind of be emotional with each other. What did you guys think? Kate, did you like this scene? I really did. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything uh, that you were saying about it. And I like how it shows um, Sam. He's really great at understanding people and like talking to them in a calm manner. Um, You know how he, uh, I think he used to like work with veterans and um, people who had PTSD. And so you kind of see more of that background. You've seen it before when he was talking to Carly and it just shows like, he's such a damn good guy. You know, he's so like, I don't want to say down to earth, but he's so grounded um, and real. And I just, I love that scene. Cause it really highlighted that uh, characteristic of Sam. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I was a huge fan. It's just such a shame that none of that character evolution is going to matter when it's revealed that Bucky is a scroll. Oh my <laughs> God, dude. Oh my gosh. You're out of your damn mind. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, following this scene. Okay. So in the first episode, Sam doesn't want to sell the family boat. His sister wants to sell it because they need the money. And this has been the conflict between these two since the very beginning. They start fixing up the family boat, assuming to sell it, even though Sam wants to keep it. But his sister is really adamant about it. Then in this scene, she's like, we can't sell the boat, can we? I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Can you just like make up your mind, please? 
Like just, I just, I don't, for some reason, just really, I was like, after all this, you're now deciding that you can't sell the boat that you've been like yelling at Sam that you have to sell this entire time. Just seemed a little bit silly to me. Well, yeah, but it like, it's nice now. Why would you sell a nice yeah, boat? Yeah, I don't now know. Now you got a nice boat. For some reason that really hit me. I was like, is this, is this lady crazy? <laughs> Bouncing back and forth or something? Sheesh. Seems like uh, they fixed up that boat pretty quickly too. Yeah, all this was like a one-day job, apparently. Yeah, they impossible yeah, like they to fix. Had, like, the whole town out to help, though. I, I, I could see that. I could see that being the case. I totally forgot something really funny in in the boat fixing montage. <laughs> Bucky picks up a paint scrapper because they're scraping the paint off of it, and he starts like throwing it around like Wait, it's one of his. Knives. Did you just call it a paint scrapper? Uh, like a paint scraper, like to scrape paint Scra- off. Like the boat, right? But did, but scrapper. Did I say scrapper? I like yeah, I think so. Homie forgets an e, and we just all lose our minds here. <laughs> no, I just paint scrapper is a funny phrase. I like it. Like I paint. had to call it out. Scrapper. Paint scrapper paint. sounds like someone who fights with two paint cans attached to their their fists. <laughs> yes. Which I would totally watch, by the way. But oh, I just yeah. thought it was really funny. He's like throwing his knife around, kind of like we saw in, in Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and it was kind of funny. Yes, I liked it. All right, and then wrapping up this scene, and I want to hear what Eric thought about this. We see this crazy montage of Sam training. Um, dude is fucking ripped, and uh, <laughs> we basically just see him like throwing the shield at a bunch of these trees and bouncing it back, and it totally almost decapitates him several times. Um, but it's <laughs> yeah. really just like him getting back into shape, um, and just you know he's training to be Captain America. But uh, Eric, what, what did you think of this whole little training montage that we get? I like that. I mean, presumably this is like what a couple days. It's like, yep. I don't. I I just I like how quickly uh, Sam got so good. Although to be fair, like he started out pretty good. Uh, like he was chucking that thing at a tree with Bucky just fine. So, um, yeah. All he had to really do was add flippies, which he did. They look cool. Um. this was okay. I did like it, but it was, um, it got a little old. Like there's only so much you can do with bouncing around shield off of trees. I, I think like, uh, yeah. and, and flippies like, I don't know. There was something about the background music that reminded me of let's get down to business from Mulan. I was just going <laughs> to say that. No way. Dude. I like the entire time <laughs> I was just singing that song and I just yeah. I totally threw me off. That's yeah, amazing. it was very Mulanish. Disney man, just recycling their good <laughs> shit. All right, the last scene that we get is in New York City. So it appears that the Global Repatriation Council is about to have a vote about sending refugees back to their respective countries, and so the Flag Smashers want to interrupt that vote take down the GRC, and so they are now working with Patroke the Leaper, who is just calling Sharon Carter, who she said she had a job for him, um, and it looks like he walks up into this park in New York City and hands them, like, this suitcase that has a bunch of weapons and shit in it, and he really wants to kill the Falcon to get him back for, you know, putting him in prison, all these different things, um, and Carly activates, basically, the Flag Smashers, and we find out that everyone in this park He's a flag smasher, apparently. And uh, personally, I would just like to imagine maybe you were going, having a nice picnic in this park, 
uh, at this moment. You're sitting there with your family, and then everyone just kind of gets up and starts walking in one direction. That would be pretty interesting, you know? I'm not sure what you would do in this situation, but um, I do find the whole, like, activating all these, like, secret followers a little bit uh, campy, uh, in my opinion. What did you guys yeah, think? Yeah, you... First of all, I commend you for getting through that with my dog losing her fucking <laughs> mind in the background. Uh, I'm going to cut all of that out so uh, the listeners will not hear. But uh, but that is that is very commendable. Um, but, Kate, you should answer Tom's question because I was not paying attention. <laughs> Amazing. An Amazing. honest man. <laughs> um, I just thought, you know, it was like... They all got to New York. My my hang up here was they got to New York really pretty easily. Easily. I mean, if she is one of the most wanted people in the world, I mean, you can't even get on a fucking flight, you know, any if if you don't have the right documentation and all that. And it's just like it was hard for me to believe that they could get to New York with all these people and all these followers and everything is ready to go in time for this meeting where they're going to have the vote. I was just like, come on, what's the, it was a little. What, they don't have uh, like a a flag smasher discount on Latvian air? I mean, maybe, maybe. You never know, right? Yeah. I think it's completely valid though. Um, That's always the one convenient thing about shows and movies. They just don't really explain how they are able to do that, but uh, we will see. Um, Really the last thing, this episode was really frustrating how it ended. The last thing we see is Sam opens the box from Wakanda, and inside it is Gwyneth Paltrow's head, which was a twist. <laughs> the box? No, of course, we see Sam open the box, but we don't see what's in the box, um, which, you know, I wonder what it is. Yeah. What do you guys I think's mean, in the box? I'll go to yeah. uh, Kate first. Oh, originally I was thinking Super Serum. Well, actually, I wasn't thinking super serum until my husband mentioned it. And I was like, oh, maybe. Um, But then I moved to maybe it's like a a vibranium suit for him, like a vibranium Captain America suit. Eric, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's for sure suit. There's there's no question. Um, That is I did not consider the fact that uh, my only question is, is it going to have falcon wings? And if so, are the falcon wings going to be vibranium? um 100 percent. yeah i think i think so as well i'm i'm super stoked to see what it looks like i think it's bullshit they did not even show it like folded up just to get just so we could get like artist renderings <laughs> oh there there are leaks online of lots oh are of there really if you want to see what it looks like yeah i do want to see what it looks like so I look that look up. Those up look I'm that up after myself. the podcast um I will say, I guess, you know, this episode doesn't really do it as much. I'm glad I know like in Daredevil, I hate a superhero show that they don't have the suit until the last episode. This one's not so bad because it's a little bit different. But I was like, come on, like, just show us the fucking box. I still think it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head, but um, (laughs) totally going to have the vibranium wings and everything, especially, you know, John Walker was able to break those last wings. You need the vibranium for sure. is there any chance there's that special little superpower thing that uh, Black Panther eats in order to get his power? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Wow, I never thought about that. 
Wow, I fucking love that theory. You heard it I here first. I hope so. Wow, that's well, a fucking theory. If my, if I'm think, remembering correctly, um, at the end of Black Panther or in the middle, didn't they burn all of the the flowers and everything? So possibly they have backups or or some flowers saved. I believe they that. still had some that was stored away somewhere. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it could happen. Um, just because I try to temper my expectations a little bit, and I just, yeah, I don't know. Um, but possible. I don't know. Just a theory that I had. Um, but in all reality, it's probably just a new Captain America suit with some dope-ass vibranium wings. So. Yes, all right. agreed. Um, this is the first... Uh, episode in this series that has an after credit scene. It really kind of has some vibes that go back to the original Iron Man film, um, only this time it's John Walker in a cave. And he is forging a new shield out of his medals and some other medals. Um, so it's good to know that you can become a blacksmith overnight as well. Yeah, everybody's Tony Stark nowadays, I guess. What do you guys think of this after credit scene, Kate? Oh, I got to go to Eric on this one because I, I really want to hear what he has to say. I, I get, so this is beyond a doubt confirmation. He's coming back as U.S. agent for me, for me that, uh, that confirmed that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, good job with you. Like you're real fucking cute with your little shield, Sean Walker. That's going to get cut in half by the real shield. Like, or or maybe it won't because the because as we already discussed the power leveling in this series is fucking nonsense so so maybe it won't but uh dude if if the real shield does not hit that thing and just shatter turn it. it into dust yeah. then i'm gonna be pissed i i i think we should prepare ourselves for that maybe happening I could totally see that happening because he burned his like medals of honor into it or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I was cringing so hard, but it was you know, like <laughs> that. Okay. Like I give, I give the shield, the actual shield, a lot of leeway. Like it's like vibranium. So of course it can just not follow the laws of physics whatsoever, but some dude just making a shield in his garage, yeah. like blacksmith shop. That sh that thing should not be capable of anything at all, period. Yes. So we'll see what happens. You think, uh, Eric, that he's going to have like the red, white, and black type suit in this next episode? No, no, no. I don't think Disney has the balls. No. I'm going full yes, 100%. Wow. No doubt. I think it'll just be his same suit that he's wearing, only instead of blue, it's black, and then that's it. Yeah, I think he would keep it. He would keep the suit because in his mind, it still is his suit because he still is Captain America. Yeah, true. We shall see. We shall see. All right. Any last words before we rate this episode? Nah, I found no, like I enjoyed a part a lot of parts of this, but at this point, still, this series has been pretty underwhelming for me as a Same. as a whole yeah. or if not underwhelming at least like this is the most like just mediocre down the middle series 
<laughs> you could have ever asked for. Like, it's not bad. I'm not not enjoying myself, but nothing has really made me go, wow, this is amazing. It's just really weird because it, it feels like, it feels like, um, it has so many good moments in, in multiple of the episodes. Every single episode has had good moments, yes. good scenes, good lines. But then they're surrounded by these off-kilter, weird filler scenes or scenes that don't quite make sense or don't quite land the right way. And I don't understand that at all. Um, and the, every single episode, I've, I felt that way, where it's like, wow, that was a really good part of this episode. But then there's some other stuff in it where I'm just like, not, not so much there. Yeah, it doesn't seem to come together as a whole for me. So I guess we'll wait and see how it lands in this next episode. But until then, as we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate all of our episodes, films, whatever we're talking about, out of six whole, unadulterated, untouched Infinity Stones. Um, and so this week we will start with Kate. What do you rate episode five of The Falcon of the Winter Soldier out of six Infinity Stones? Uh, I'm, I'm between a two or a three right now. Um... I'm I'm leaning more towards a two. Damn. Yeah. Two. I I I want to say three, but I um, it's just it's losing me. It's losing my attention. The parts that do have my attention are actually just the the kind of normal everyday scenes where um you know we see Bucky and Sam and these characters where where they just seem very human to me. And um, when yes he's talking to uh, who is it Isaiah, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just those scenes really shine, but the um, episode as a whole, I think, is bringing it down to a two. Damn. I know. No good vibes for Kate. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. All right. This week, I will go next. I'll, I'll give Eric the last word here. Um, I thought this episode had a lot of good stuff in it. Last week, I gave a five. I really liked last week's episode. This one's a four for me. Um, not quite as good. Had a lot of good elements in it. I did have some expectations for this episode. It didn't really live up to them. Um, but I, I still enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought it was good, but not great. Um, and I'm excited to see where this next one goes. Uh, once again, I think there's a lot of stuff in this series that this doesn't really hit right, but then the things that do hit right, I think are perfect. Um, and so it's really hard to rate these episodes cause there's some moments in them, especially this one, you know, with Sam and Bucky that I really enjoyed. Um, but then there's this other things where I'm like, why are we doing this? You know? Um, so this one's a four for me. Eric, I'll pass it over to you. All right. I think I am going to uh, split the difference between you guys and rate this a three um, for, yeah, all the same reasons. It's like the highs are so high, but the lows are so nothing. That, like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I think it could have done. I think I'm so, we ha- we didn't talk about it but I'm so convinced that something major was cut from this show. If not a pandemic storyline, some storyline, like the editing just seems so nonsensical to me. And I, and I, I just like, I, the bones are interesting, but it's just like the execution is just not there for me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I I completely agree. Agree with everything both you guys said. Um, 
it's it's a little weird. I, I don't know how else to even say it. It's a little weird, but we'll see. We got uh, our series finale uh, next week, and we will uh, see how we feel about it once it's all finished. Uh, and then rate the series as a whole, which is always really interesting and fun. So stay tuned. We will talk about the series finale next week. But before then, Kate, do we have anything to recommend this week to the fans? Yes. Um, the first one that I'd recommend is um, Yoga with Adrian. It's a YouTube channel. Um, I've been following Yoga with Adrian for at least oh, the last year now consistently, but I was first introduced to um, the channel, no, no, maybe two, three years ago. Um, and she's just so approachable. Um, if you're interested in, um, you know, getting into yoga, you're curious about it, but you're not sure you don't want to commit. It's an easy way. Um, you watch these videos, do yoga at home. It's approachable. It's not intimidating. Um, yeah, it's just, I've been really enjoying it. Awesome. What was the name of it again? One more time. Yoga with Adrian. It's a YouTube channel with Adrian. Boom. All right. Get on it. Yogi's. What do we got, Eric? Anything to recommend (laughs) this week? Yeah. Um, so uh, for anybody out there who uh, might consider yourself a, a gamer, I'm sure you can relate that the backlog of games is always infinite that you uh, that you want to get through. I mean, I have so goddamn many games that I want to get through. And so uh, a couple days ago, I was like, I, you know, I, I want to start one of these games. And what I did was I didn't do that, and instead I started Hollow Knight again because that oh, game my God. is an easy 6 out of 6 Infinity Stones. That game's a fucking masterpiece. If you haven't played a Hollow Knight and if you have any interest at all in, like, platforming games or Metroidvania games or, like, side-scrolling action, but don't let side-scrolling turn you off. It's, like, it's like so beautiful. Like, the, the music's so beautiful. The environments are so beautiful. Um, the gameplay is like as perfect as you can get. I mean, it's truly up there with all of my favorite games of all time. It's so good. Uh, I'm so glad I started playing it again. It's one of those things where I was like, yeah, I'll just play this for like an hour or two. And then I ended up playing it for like the rest of the day. Um, Damn. Yeah, it's just an incredible game uh everyone should play hollow knight it's like 15 dollars everywhere now there's so goddamn much content do yourself a favor and give hollow knight a try it's not as hard as everybody says at all people are too scared uh it's not that hard you might have to fight a boss like five times in a row maybe 10 whoa (laughs) oh no (laughs) it's just you can do it and it's worth it it's uh god it's so it's so goddamn good i cannot recommend that game highly enough hollow knight super eric good. is uh calling everyone out there a noob basically i just no. have to comment oh go ahead sorry no no i was just gonna say it's not it's just i just don't want people to be scared like the the discourse around that game is just it's so difficult blah 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 it's not i swear to god it's not that hard like if you play video games you'll be fine if you've like never played a video game don't start with hollow knight but like if you play video games you'll be fine for sure well there you have that's all i got (laughs) 
<laughs> so I have been taking a break from consuming a lot of new things lately. Um, and so I have a very ridiculous off the wall recommendation. I do not have a Facebook profile, uh, that I use normally for Facebook. I have a Facebook just for Facebook marketplace. And, um, my recommendation this week is don't be an asshole on Facebook marketplace. Oh my gosh. Um, in the last week, let's see, uh, people have threatened to attack me and my partner Amelia for not selling them things um, or not selling them things at the price that they wanted to. We've been stood up about four times now. And then everyone's like, hey, is this available? And then they just never say anything ever again. Um, and so I'm going to go back to my my lifelong recommendation of just don't be a royal pain in the ass as a person. Um, and so that, that has been my adventure this past week is going on Facebook Marketplace and trying to um, sell shit. I found out, though, I've sold stuff on Facebook for a long time. Once you list a video game related thing, on Facebook Marketplace, the dickishness of people goes up exponentially. Um, and so that's been really interesting. And so, yeah, just uh, just don't be a shitty person is my recommendation this week. And so there wow. there you have that. Don't be a dick. Don't e be a dick. I love it. I love it. I'm going to get a tattoo of that on me or something. I'm actually um, going to change my recommendation to you definitely should fuck with people on Facebook Marketplace. That's very funny to me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude! The people just wild, absolutely wild. I just I can't even. That's that's so funny that you say that about the uh, the video game thing because I've sold a couple video game consoles on Facebook Marketplace, and it's always been like one of them was to a mom for like her young son, and the other one was just to like a dude, and it it went fine. Dude, but it's been this wild. was a couple years ago. So maybe I did sell a PlayStation to someone, and they were great. So I will say that. Um, but the Xbox I'm selling, a nightmare. Man. So there you have it. Um, if you want to reach out to us, hit us up on Twitter at Infinity Rewatch or shoot us an email at the Infinity Watch Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll check it out. We'll consider your viewpoints and we might mention you on the podcast. Uh, depends on how I'm feeling that day. Um, but yeah, check us out. Twitter, email. Stay tuned. Next week, we will discuss the series finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We'll probably talk about, hey, what are we going to talk about after the series ends? We've got a little, <laughs> bit, little bit of a break. So stay tuned. We're not going to say anything today, uh, but we'll let you know what's going on, what we're planning uh, for the break between The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki. Um, so once again, at Infinity Rewatched or the Infinity Watch Podcast at gmail.com. And FIFA leave you with Zemo to say fuck the billionaires, please. Oh, fuck them hard. Fuck them all. I may be in the raft now, but I'll still fuck all the billionaires while I'm there. <laughs> oh, man. Give, give us one last more taste to say fuck the billionaires. Fuck the billionaires. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That better make the cut. <laughs>